Hello, welcome. My name's Simon Rowe from another episode of the Global Sport Conversation. Today I'm joined by Matt Barrett from GoalClick. So Matt, thank you for joining us. So you can tell us a little bit about GoalClick, how it came about, why you set it up and what your role is. For sure. So I'm the founder uh, of GoalClick. We started GoalClick with a slightly crazy idea five years ago, um, myself and my co-founder, uh, Edward Jones. And we wanted to create a project where we found people from every country in the world. And I mean, every country in the world was the original plan um, and asked them to tell a story about themselves, their community, their country, all through the lens of football. So GoalClick is very much about first person perspective storytelling. We find those people with an interesting perspective on the world through football, whether they be, you know, a kid um, playing in um, India or England or Peru, um, up through um, fan culture and into the elite side of the game. So when we find those people, we arm them with a disposable analog camera initially, 27 shots, one roll of film, and we ask them to capture their football lives as they see it. And then alongside those photos, we ask them to write their own story about the photos that they've taken um, and their own kind of football life. Uh, and that is the output. So that is Goal Click. Um, storytelling about the world through football, helping people understand one another and the world around them. Brilliant. That sounds uh, fascinating. Perhaps you share some of the sort of most uh, interesting or most curious tales that you've come across and some of the things that really keep you going in this role. For sure. So I always have to say our first ever story is the one that I constantly hark back to. So it was 2014 and we found a church minister, uh, a pastor in Sierra Leone called uh, Abraham Bangura. And we sent out disposable camera, didn't hear anything back for a while, had not many expectations on what would come back. And he was also the coach of the National Amputee Football Association of Sierra Leone, an organisation that helps integrate survivors who have lost limbs predominantly through the Sierra Leone civil war and its aftermath uh, and reintegrate them back into society through football. So the photos that came back were pretty mind-blowing. Um, there's an iconic photo of all the players coming towards the camera on the beach where they train with footballs in the foreground. And at that moment, when we developed that first roll of film, we knew we had something. Whilst there have been other stories that have been just as captivating and other photos which might have been just as good, uh, that moment and that combination of things really makes that story stand out um, even you know, five years down the line. I'd say a couple of others to mention that immediately come to mind. Rwanda, uh, we worked with uh, an organisation um, set up by Eric Morangwa, who was the captain of um, Rwanda and goalkeeper in 1994 when the genocide broke out. He was Tutsi uh, and lost 35 members of his family in, in the genocide. His story is that he was only spared um, by his club president, Hutu militia leader, later indicted on war crimes because he wanted him to play in goal for him after the genocide. So, you know, football really saved Eric's life. And that is a very powerful story that we've been able to tell through the project. Um, but it's not all war-torn stories. We've also had some particularly wonderful stories come back from the um, the project we did last year ahead of the Women's World Cup where we found 40 women's footballers from all over the world at grassroots, professional and uh, international level, including 18 players who played on the field in France at the Women's World Cup. And yeah, I mean, those stories, there is always an added element of obstacles overcome, I feel, when we are talking about women's football because in pretty much every country, whether it's uh, England or the USA, or whether it's Pakistan or Uganda, um, pretty much the universal experience is that 
women footballers have had to overcome more obstacles to make it to the top than their male counterparts. So yeah, some of those stories stand out above some of the others. I'm sure there's many more. So there's one way that how would uh, people get involved? How do you um, sign people up? What do you look for? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I think when Goalclick started, it was very much a crowdsourced project initially. We I guess, put the call out on a few websites, on social media, um, through a bit of word of mouth and waited for people to apply. And that is still maintained through to today. We receive at least a few applications every week through our website, through social media, um, through people hunting us down. Um, And so we always want to find those new and interesting perspectives from people around the world. And if they've often taken the time to find us and get in touch and tell us what their story is, they're usually people that we want to work with. So that is an element that continues to this day, but we are also a little bit more proactive now with finding the type of stories that we want to tell. So how Goldclick works is underneath that global project, we do a lot of, I guess, mini series where we do a deeper dive into a specific city or a country or a tournament or an issue in the game. As I mentioned, the Women's Football Project was one such example of that, but we've done specific projects in London, in New York, in Russia, ahead of the World Cup in 2018, in Qatar this year, three years out from the next World Cup. And we've also worked with the likes of UEFA around the Women's Champions League, with FIFA at the Under-17 Women's World Cup, and a lot of NGOs as well, such as the Homeless World Cup and Canifa. Um, so it really is a project where we can dive deeper into specific areas um, and tell richer stories um, than perhaps the global project where we take one or two people from you know every country in the world and try and shine a light on that country through that. So we are moving a little bit more towards those proactive storytelling projects. Can you tell us a little about the audience? What's the reception for the work that you have? Who are you you know, targeting? Who's in your, your sights in goal, as it were? Very nice play on words there. Oh, we find that we have three reasonably distinct audiences, actually. One is the football fan who cares about what's going on more broadly in the world. Um, you know, we are not um, a day-to-day drumbeat of Premier League news. Um, we are going deeper into fan culture and playing culture around the world, using the people um, as the perspective on what's going on in the world, rather than an outsider going in and telling someone else's story. This is very much flipping that model and, and getting the people who within those communities to, to tell these stories. So the audience clearly is people who are interested in learning about other cultures, other societies. I often say that our aim is not necessarily about uniting the world in some kind of kumbaya moment of football solving everyone's problems. But what I like about Goal Click is that you're able to see how different other people live and understand other societies and other cultures through that common lens and common language of football. Um, So that's really important. And therefore that audience of football fans who are interested in the world whether that be the world on their own doorstep or the world on other continents is a big audience. And then probably our other two audiences are the sport for development, football for development and social good world. Our origin um, is within that world. And we are very close to a lot of NGOs and charities who use football as a tool for social good all over the world. And then thirdly, and almost my favourite audience are people that don't actually like football, but are interested in it from an artistic 
perspective and a storytelling perspective. Nothing makes me happier than when someone says, I don't like football, but I love Gold Click. Because ultimately, football and even the photography element is just the lens, ultimately, and how we describe it, is a storytelling project where we get people to relate their their lived experience. So creatives and artists and photographers and storytellers who don't necessarily like football, but like what we stand for is a, a personal pleasing audience for me to find. I think it's one of the elements I wanted to just pick up on though, is that the visuals, you know, some of the f- photographs are, you know, stunningly beautiful, artistic, tragic in their own ways. You know, I'm no art critic, but they are beautiful to look at. Is there something about the, you know, the curation role that GoldClick has that makes the way that you've packaged that? How have you thought about putting those images together? To slightly undermine my response here, I mean, ultimately, we're only as good as what we get back. You know, 27 photos per person using slightly antiquated technology. We tend to find that we have, you know, eight to 10 usable photos per roll of film. So the curation job sometimes does it itself. However, when paired with the words and the stories of the people, the photos often take on even more profound meaning. We use analogue for three main reasons, I think, which goes some way to answering your question. Um, Number one, there's an equality with the photos in that everyone's used the same tool. And therefore, when you see all those photos alongside each other, knowing that they came from the same tool and the same means can be quite powerful, whether it is our 13-year-old female footballer in India or Lucy Bronze from the England national team. The fact that they have had the same tool to provide an insight into their life is quite powerful. The second reason why I think the photos take on that extra meaning is because people have been quite deliberate and have been quite patient with the story they want to tell. We live in a world of smartphones, which I'm all for. Our main output is on our website and our Instagram. So I'm certainly not a uh, a zealot or a, a Luddite, but there's something about only having 27 shots to tell your story that I think focuses the mind, makes everything a bit more intimate and makes everything a little bit more unique. Um, So we really tell our storytellers to take their time and think about what they've done and be quite intentional in their storytelling. I think that comes through in the quality of the images because people have, you can see people have thought about it and it's not one of a thousand photos that they've taken that day. And then lastly, you know, the aesthetic. These are times in which retro is back to an extent. Um, We have a phrase that we use quite a lot, which is glorious in the imperfections. And I think people are open a lot more now to a photo that doesn't seem beautifully manicured and feels quite raw and quite unique and, you know, not perfect. Um, And I think those elements all combine to allow our visuals to be pretty impressive, whether it's a snow-covered pitch in Japan or at the top of the Inca Trail in Peru, or Russian ultra-culture, or grassroots NGO working in Rwanda. Those elements of equality, intentionality, and uniqueness all combine to provide really interesting photographs. Thank you so much, Matt. I'm going to draw it to them there. I just reflect myself on the fact that so much of what you've done speaks to the people-to-people diplomacy and the idea of a broader sports diplomacy uh, concept where to looking at representation, communication and negotiation. And you, it, at a very almost visceral level, you've achieved that. I think it's uh, it's wonderful. Perhaps you'd like to give a plug to the, the website. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think just to, to, to build on that slightly, we're, we're finding that we are certainly 
entering that realm a bit more. I mean, the project that we just did in Qatar really speaks volumes to how the people um, can provide a very different perspective on a place that is plagued by geopolitical arguments um, and sometimes um, taking a step back away from an official government line or a, a media critique and letting the people themselves speak um, can be very powerful in in the world of sports diplomacy. In terms of a plug, uh, you can go to goal-click.com and you can follow us on Instagram at goal-click, G-O-A-L-C-L-I-C-K. We're on Twitter as well, but Instagram is certainly the, the platform that was born for a project which prioritises photography. And yeah, please also you know, feel free to get in touch with us. We're very easy to find, always looking for more participants and uh, want to work with more people. Collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Brilliant. Thanks so much for your time, Matt. Thanks, Simon.